Hi, everybody. This is Helena Hart. Welcome to the Master Your Magnetism podcast, where I bring on top experts to help you create the life and relationship you've always wanted. Today, I'm so excited to be talking with Jack Butler again. He's a dating and authenticity coach who helps people become more of who they are so they can be loved for who they are in life and in relationships. Welcome, Jack. Thank you for being here. Yeah, it's exciting. I'm happy to be back with you. Thanks for having me on. Yes. We're broadcasting live on Bullhorn today, so I see a lot of people joining. Feel free to say hi in the chat. Let us know if you have any questions. Hi to Mora and everyone just joining. We're so excited to connect with everybody, and we have a great topic today. I am personally very excited for this one. It's about finding your path and trusting your path and ultimately transforming your life, if that's something that you feel like you want to do. So is there anything you want to say before we get started? Oh, well, I love this topic. So I'm, I'm happy to be exploring this here with you and with everyone that's listening. I just think I'm going to learn a lot today. I always love everything you have to say whenever we do an episode together. So I guess kind. we should Thank start you. with, yeah, maybe some struggles or challenges that you see people facing who are trying to trust their path or even find their path. I know we can all relate to that, right? Yeah. So I think one of the big things is a sense that maybe we're not on the right path. That people feel like at some point, maybe I got off the right path or I'm struggling to make sense of my life. Or maybe it just hasn't worked out how I thought it was going to work out. And so from my work as a, as a transformational coach, you know, I've been in the business of helping people trust that where they are right now, even if it's an incredibly difficult and perhaps painful place, could be emotionally, physically, and psychologically painful, that it's actually okay to be where they are right now. They will not be stuck there forever. But life gets easier when we start from where we actually are. You know, so it's the sort of the old joke is if I'm giving you directions, we've got to start where we are on the map. Otherwise, I can't say, hey, you've got to start from over there. It's like, no, you can only start from where you are. So a big part, I think, of trusting your path is actually finding deeper acceptance with where you are right now. And a big part of that is also finding deeper acceptance for yourself, you know, warts and all for all the things that you're proud of and for all the things that you've struggled with. Yeah, that can be really difficult. I think we talked a little bit about that in our last episode on what to do if you're feeling frustrated or discouraged in your love mm -hmm. life. That one we were talking a lot about dating yeah. and relationships, but this can really apply to all areas of your life. How would you suggest someone go about that if they're not okay with where they are? Maybe they've been single for a really long time or they've been trying to start a business or something like that and it just isn't happening or moving quickly enough for them. Yeah. Well, one thing is to be open-minded about what quickly enough really means. Right? <laughs> yeah. Sometimes that's like our sense of, of wanting things to be a certain way. Oftentimes, as a coach, if I really dig in there with someone, we might find that there's a lot of impatience. And part of being more kind and self-loving is actually cultivating more patience with yourself. I think there can be an unexamined coach speak, we would call it a presupposition, but like an unexamined idea that you should get what you want or that life is about getting what you want. And maybe we can be a bit more flexible. Sometimes life might give you something that you weren't quite anticipating, but it can be better than the idea that you had. And sometimes there are just openings in life at certain times, like call that seasons. So it can be really hard if you've tried at something for a long time, but it might just be that the season's not quite there yet. 
And so it could be a question of just hanging in there and staying persistent. It's often a case of actually putting something down for a bit and coming back to it in right timing or coming back to it with a different energy, right? So this is where we talk about being less attached to the outcome and a little more curious about, well, what is actually wanting to happen in my life? You know, if I've always wanted to start a business, but actually life wants me to write a book, maybe I can open up to that, right? If the doors are all opening around writing the book, you know, maybe the business isn't the thing that needs the attention right now. So it, it takes a little bit of relaxing what I call mini God, right? Being kind of mini God in your own life and always thinking you know what's best and it should be a certain way and actually getting out of your own way sometimes and allowing yourself to notice which doors are opening and which doors are closing and being a little bit more in rapport with that than having it need to look the way that you thought it should look. That is so important. It's so difficult. I can definitely relate to being impatient and wanting things to happen yesterday and wanting it a certain way. And I've really had to let go of a lot of that, but I totally still struggle with that all the time. Yeah. Do you hear from people who have a hard time because they want something to be happening? Let's talk about dating and relationships. I think that's an easy way to talk about this. Let's say they've been single for a while. They want to meet that right person and they're getting frustrated or discouraged because they're not meeting the right kind of people. How would you advise a woman in that situation? Yeah. Well, firstly, I would say you have my compassion Mm -hmm. because that can be really difficult, right? And it's particularly can be difficult if you've been showing up, right? So it's one thing if you've not got any dates, but when we actually look at the data, it's like, well, come on, you know, you've never been on a dating app. You've never accepted a date. Like you're not really dating. But if you're someone who's actually been showing up for the process, right? So the effort level's high, but sort of the results, let's say, are low. That's just difficult in any domain of your life, dating and otherwise. So first, I'll just say, you know, you have my compassion. It could be that life is saying, what are the reasons that you want this so badly, right? So it might be that the energy that you're coming into it with is a frustrated or a contracted energy, right? Frustrating because, yeah, I've been trying so hard for so long and kind of contracted because almost like I need this so badly. And it might be that life is wanting you to come into it from a different place. And this is particularly hard when you've tried hard and when you've been frustrated, right? So again, everything I'm saying here, I'm not saying that it's easy, but it might be a truer path for you. And the truer path might be to say, what if I just relaxed on myself a little bit and got curious, what what do I think this is going to give me, right? Because I've worked with lots of clients where the imagination is that getting into a relationship is going to sort of solve a problem, right? Which could be a problem of loneliness. It could even be a problem of anxiety. I was talking about this just recently. You know, a client who thought that once they got into the relationship and eventually they got into the relationship that they would be way less anxious but actually if anything it went the other way not only did they still have their same anxieties their same thought patterns same inner critic but also the person with they're with had some different anxieties and so sometimes it was doubly anxious Hmm. so anytime we're looking at a thing and sort of imagining it will solve the problem sort of for all time I think we can invite our own curiosity about whether that's actually true and whether we would know it's true and maybe to hold it a little bit more lightly. Even people, you know, they call it like the dog that caught the car syndrome, like the dog's chasing the car, go, go, go. And eventually it catches the car. It's like, I don't know what to do. Right. Or the guys that went to the moon, they've been focused on it for so long. They get to the moon and they're sort of like, now what? Right. So nothing is a cure all or a silver bullet. 
you know so we all have to deal with ourselves as at some level and sure you know getting support from a connection a partner those things can be great so not disavowing that but just saying probably a lot of the same internal dialogue or same internal problems or not feeling enough or not feeling okay with yourself or, or talking to yourself harshly or even impatience can be a form of the inner critic in a way, right? Like I'm always hard on myself, like now, now. And that's likely to still be there probably whether you're in connection or not. So I'm not saying that to be a bringer of doom. I'm saying that like it's an opportunity to actually just relax a little bit that the thing that you think might give you the thing maybe but also maybe not so we're going to approach it with a little bit of a view of let's see and if actually you can get clear well yeah i want that because if i had a business let's say i would feel more secure right or if i had a relationship i would feel more loved or more secure we can still be practicing feeling more loved and more secure and not hanging it all out there on a future event that isn't ultimately within our control so it's approaching it from a bit of a more sober relaxed place I just think that's so great. I have so much to say on all of that. <laughs> I can relate to basically all of that too. I'd love to hear from everyone listening live. Let us know in the chat. Can you relate to any of this? Do you struggle with feeling impatient or feeling like you're behind and you're trying to figure out the right path or trust the path for yourself? We'll talk about that in a little bit, but I could totally relate to that. Now what? Okay, now what? I have everything yeah. I want. Now what? <laughs> Whereas yeah. before, yeah. when I was like still on that journey to certain things, it was kind of an exciting now what? oh, great, I got this. Now what? And now that I'm here, it's like, oh, okay, what else do I want? I guess what I really want is to just be happy. And I am yes, <laughs> so happy in so many ways. But there is this kind of driving forward energy yes. that when that's stagnant, it's like, I don't know what to do with that energy. Danielle in the chat says extremely. So I'm glad that this is resonating. I can just relate so much to that. When you told me that you wanted to talk about this today, I thought, oh, great, that's perfect. I need to find my path. I need this. And then my husband, Tom, asked, oh, what topic are you going to be talking about today? Yes. And I told him and he said, oh, perfect. I need that. I, I need to find my path too. And he's been in yeah. his career. He's incredibly accomplished for like 15 plus years. I've been doing yes. this for over a decade now. And yes. we still don't know what we want to do with the rest of our lives. I ask every day, all right, what yeah. should I do with my life now? Yeah. I have no idea. Oh, you feel the same way too? Yeah, just I think because you've been doing something for a long time doesn't mean that it's uh, like the only thing that you can do and noticing where you still have aliveness and where maybe uh, something is not quite so much front and center in the way that it was, right? Even you like expanding out into your podcasting, it's right. I'm sure that's brought you some more aliveness. Definitely. And it can be difficult sometimes to discern what now do I still want to have as part of my life and what is maybe something to let go or is it something to back burner for a little bit and then see if some re-inspiration comes around and particularly when you overlay that with real responsibilities or real financial commitments I think yeah it can be really tricky right it's one thing to sort of say oh yeah what's my hobby oh I'm a bit more into sewing or I'm a bit more into yoga but you're know, talking about your livelihoods and the place that livelihood also meets where you're inspired. I think that's sometimes a, a very difficult discernment and personally something I still find difficult. So sure. Yeah, it's funny to think that other people feel that way. I tend to think everyone else has got it all figured out. And I am still behind trying to figure out what I want to do when maybe from the outside looking in, people would think, oh, you're living your yeah, purpose or something like that. When yeah. I, I don't know if I feel that way sometimes. It's so yeah. interesting. I'm just no, checking in with the chat. 
Uh, oh, okay, good. Yeah, I'm glad you can relate. It sounds like everyone else can too. Someone said, I feel like I sabotaged a potential relationship because of this, unfortunately. Oh, mm. I'd love to hear a little more if you have any questions and feel free to call in too. anyone. We'd love to hear it from my audience. Leanne says, I think feeling you've arrived, you'll just find something else to do. It's kind of exciting to always want something. I mm -hmm. totally agree. I've been saying this for years. I think you're always going to be at a place, all of us, where we want more than what we have right now. And that's a great thing. And so I try to remind myself of that when I feel a new desire pop into my brain. I think, oh, I want something. Yes, this is great. For me, it's tricky when I don't have anything like that. It's like, what do I do with that energy? So yes. thank you so much for sharing that. Is there anything else you want to say on this first piece of it? <laughs> well, the only thing that's coming to mind is uh, there's a little bit of me chuckling at myself because I remember age, I don't know, I think I was 19 and I wanted to write this book and the title of the book, and I didn't get around to fully writing this book, was called Fully Behind because Aww. here I am, you know, 19 years old and I already feel fully behind. So it's just occurring to me. I, I don't have that same experience in the same way as I did then because I think partly at my best, at least, I have learned to relax a little bit on my own life script and let it unfold more and not sort of need it to keep measure with other people or even need it to keep measure with my own ideas and expectations. But there's part of me that's like, oh, wow, if I was coaching a 19-year-old right now, I'd be like, you don't need to worry about anything. Just kind of live your life. You know what I mean? You've got yeah. so much ahead of you, so much to explore and discover and learn. And so it's curious to me that that sort of structure of experience that has us feel behind, backed by an inner critic, I think mostly, it can be super powerful at any stage of life, you know? So learning how to that relax is. on that, I think is really important work. Very powerful. Yeah. I think my husband was saying that the other night that even as a child, he felt that he was just a little bit behind and he's wow. never felt like he's ever caught up ever since. Isn't that like amazing. I yeah, mean, his mom that's made also a joke hard. One. I don't want to trivialize it. Yeah, like, that like wow. oh, I think you were like five minutes behind on something. As a five-year-old, I'm making up the the details of this. Yes. And that you just never quite caught up, and even now it permeates all throughout. Just I never feel like I have enough time for anything. I feel like there's yeah. just one too many things to do and not enough time to do it. And it's yeah. just this thing that becomes part of your reality. It becomes part of who you are. So having that awareness is great in yeah. terms of starting to turn some of this around. It's so interesting. Yeah, let's well, talk about trusting your path. I am so curious to hear what you have to say on that. And of course, if anyone has questions, feel free to let us know. Feel free to call in or type your questions into the chat. So one part of trusting your path, I think, is trusting your own authentic individuality. All right, sort of meaning your path is your path. And at our best, I don't think our paths are about comparison. You know, let's share notes, let's learn from each other, let's inspire each other, let's, you know, share how we've struggled or made messes and can learn quicker from each other. But actually just really owning, like, this is my life and my path, and it's okay if it doesn't make sense to everyone else, it's okay if it's not super linear, it's okay if sometimes I feel ahead or sometimes I feel behind. Almost like the background belief would be something like there is a unique curriculum for you in this lifetime and life is going to serve it up to you. And your job is to, to be there, you know, show up, try, learn, but to not have to constrict ourselves into a 
prefigured idea that our life needs to be a certain thing or look a certain way, that life is actually easier when you're less identified with a particular script that it has to unfold to. Right? I do think, and this is a little paradoxical, there's a stage of development where you going hard after your desired script is what's needed. But I also think there's another stage of development where it's not about your ideas in your head and your script for your life having to be your life, that actually you get a little bit out of your own way and see, well, what does life want for my life? Right? It's a different question. What do I want? And what does life want from me? Different questions, different answers. And the more lightly you hold it, in a sense, you get to enjoy more of your life, right? Because who knows, maybe there's another expression for you in your career or in your relationships or community that you haven't even discovered yet. And that might be in a really important part of your life in the future that you might miss if you hold too tightly and force too much ideas that aren't either right yet or they're actually not meant to be happening. So the, the advantage of this way of orienting to your life is that you're a little less burdened and responsible. It's a little less heavy. It's a bit more of a sense of, you know, my life's a movie and I want to see what the next chapter is or what's the next scene rather than like I have to make sure that the next scene looks like this because I decided that based upon an idealized sense of myself, which by the way, self-idealization, self-idealization, sorry, is a kind of distortion. It's a kind of defense, right? Life isn't just about you having an ideal version of yourself and then becoming it. You know, maybe at a certain stage of development, but I think at the stage of development that this conversation is to do with a much more authentic stage of development. It's not about that. It's actually about letting it come through you more. So true. And this kind of relates to what you said at the beginning of this episode, getting in touch with why you want something. And I've found mm -hmm. that that is super helpful. From my perspective, I tend to think that the reason we want anything in relationships or career or any area of life is because we think we're going to feel better in the having of it. So yes. if you can focus true, on yep. why, right, make yourself feel that way right now, now you're more of a vibrational or emotional, whatever you want to call it, match yep. that thing. And it can come to you much more easily rather than when you're restricted. Or I love what you said. You think that the peacefulness and security and happiness and love has to do with some condition out there. Yes. I would say make yourself feel the way you want to feel to where you don't even care if that condition ever comes into place or fruition, then it has to show up because you're free of resistance. That pathway yes. You and that thing is free of all this resistance. And I just love that so much. And I saw that Danielle called in, but I'm not seeing you anymore. Feel free to call back in and we'll take your question. Anything else you want to say on that, Jack? I just love everything you're sharing here. Well, almost. I'd be curious if it's okay to ask you something. So yeah. in that process of, I don't know, let's just take a, a trivial example, not trivial, like an easy example. Like maybe I feel frustrated because I don't have enough money. So I think what you're saying is having the money might have you feel more expanded or safe or happy. And so you're saying, can you travel to that state? And then maybe it'd be easy, easier to manifest from there. Is that, is that sort of the basic idea? Definitely. Or love, yeah. right? We think we're going to feel loved when the right person shows up in our life and we're sort of yeah. holding ourselves apart from it until that happens. But like what you said, and I think we talked about this in our last episode, when you're fully loving yourself, 
you get to a point where you don't even beat up on yourself or really care if the other person shows up or not because you're feeling so full and complete within yourself, then that person is just magnetized to you. That's when they show right up. That's yeah. what I've seen working yeah. with clients for the past 10 years. Did that make sense the way I explained that? Yeah. So my curiosity was if someone listened to this, let's say that they are are frustrated and want to be more happy um, what is your way of, uh, in the most sort of practical way, like inviting people into that, like to make that, that sort of shift? Because my sense is that there are some of those shifts that are easier for us. And then maybe there's like one or two that are, are the sort of the gnarly ones, right? So I could imagine being with someone who's saying, well, gosh, until I have just like a minimum amount of money, it's very hard for me not to feel insecure about that. Right. Or until I have maybe like one or two friends that see me, it's very hard for me to have the experience that I don't feel seen, even though I can sort of like see myself, you know, like I need a little bit of the reflection from other people. Yeah. Start where it's easy. I think that's a great oh, tip. Start where it's easy. Yeah. Right. Start, like, I would say what makes your life easy when it comes to money? If you think your life would be easier or you feel more safe and secure if you had more money, how do you feel safe and secure already? What makes your life easy right now? Basically, yes. tell about where you're putting your focus. Look for some things to appreciate. And I'm using the word appreciate rather than something you're grateful for because I noticed mm. a big difference there. I don't know if you've heard that before. I didn't originate this thought. I've heard it before. But when you say you're grateful for something, yeah. it's kind of like I can say right now, I'm so grateful that I can walk pain-free because there was a time in my life where I couldn't do that. I had some orthopedic issues, some big-time surgeries to kind of oh, correct wow. that back yeah. in 2013 on both legs. And so if I think oh, I'm just grateful that I can walk now, what's kind of stuck in my vibration and I can feel it emotionally is like, because 10 years ago, I couldn't walk that easily and I was always in pain. So there's some of that stuck in it. Uh. Whereas look for something I appreciate. Like I so appreciate being able to go outside and just feel the sun and take my baby on a walk. And that's just my favorite part of the day inside of me. I don't know if anyone can hear the difference, but I feel completely different with those two things. So look for something to appreciate. That's very interesting. I haven't heard that. Yeah. yeah. A big, big, big difference. You know, a lot of people say, oh, I'm grateful to be with this person because the last guy was such a jerk and he cheated on me. And you can feel that in their energy, right? Or just look for some things to appreciate. That's Your great. vibe will shift immediately. I could just talk forever about that. Maybe we could do a whole episode just on that. <laughs> but yeah. hopefully that was helpful. And Danielle just called back in. You mind if I try opening this up again? Okay, let's see if this works. Hi, Danielle, I just opened you up. Hi, how are you? Good. Thanks so much for calling in. Is this your first time calling in? I believe it is. It is. Yeah. I don't know if multiple people call in like multiple times. But, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes. Okay. I'm kind of nervous, but um, yeah. It looks um, like you, do you have a question about sabotaging a relationship because of what we talked about at the beginning of this episode? Was that you? That was me. Um, I've just been like ruminating over it. Like the situation, like had I done something wrong? Moving forward, I don't think like that relationship is ever going to come back to life, but like kind of want to move forward from like my mistakes from what I did. And I feel like it came from like an like an anxious space. <laughs> so, yeah. So basically, like the situation was already prefaced by like him leaving. He's in the military, so he's going to Japan for like two years. But we like matched on Bumble 
and we started dating and then I told him that like I wanted more um after like maybe two months we saw each other maybe like four or five times <laughs> um and he was open to that but then he kind of said he couldn't do it but then he was like but are you open to like a long distance relationship and I was like I mean you know, I thought he was, you know, uh, established and he was like a lot of those boxes were checked off. So I was like, you know, maybe I could because um, dating is hard. And I was this is like the first time somebody was like, oh, yeah, I'm open to a relationship, you know. So I was like, um, OK, I'll try. Um, and then like communication was like horrible and it gave me so much anxiety and um I told him like, hey, like, you know, this might not work. And then he was like, no, no, like, I want to try again. I was like, okay, well, you know, maybe you can like text me like just during the day one time to check in on me, you know? So, um, yeah, he lives like eight minutes away from me and he didn't even see me like over the weekend. So it was just like, he was just too busy for me all the time. And it was just, it just got really weird. I think the thing that I felt like I did wrong was that um, this last time I told him I couldn't do it. He was like, let's talk about it over the phone. And so he checked in with me during the day. And I told him like, yeah, like 7 p.m. is good to give me a call, you know. And then 7 p.m. came around and I was obviously anxious, like really, really anxious. I was like, oh, my gosh, he's not going to call me like this sucks. And then he texted me like, how are you at like 9 p.m.? And then I never texted back. And then I unfriended him on Instagram and I just got really frustrated um I'm not sure if I did the right thing because now I feel bad maybe I should have communicated what I needed more I don't know I was so confused because he was like yeah I want to try but then he wasn't trying and then I was just like what the heck is going on so yeah I kind of just felt bad after my emotions started to calm down then I started to realize maybe I could have expressed myself better I don't know but yeah hasn't reached out to me since been like two weeks <laughs> two weeks oh, well thank you so much for sharing your experience here i know i hear from people all the time who think well maybe i should have done this better when really it maybe wasn't the right situation to begin with and they're really beating themselves up i can kind of hear that jack i'm curious if you have any tips for someone in this kind of situation well i just wanted to reflect back i don't hear anything that you did wrong so i feel pretty <laughs> clear about that just in hearing your share there and it's really hard to make a good situation out of something that's not really flowing that way, right? So in a sense, even if you showed up with 100% perfection, let's just say whatever that hypothetically is, it doesn't sound like this guy's available for a relationship. So I would much rather you're in a situation where the guy is available and you show up with your B game, so to speak, then you're showing up with your A game in a situation where we can't really get both players on the pitch properly. So I would say kudos that you tried, right? You wanted to be open to it because I heard this bit about it's not like, you know, relationships have just been easily forming around you. So you tried, you showed up and you've also made it clear that you wanted more. And what I think he's actually saying is I don't want to completely lose the connection. What I'm not sure he's actually saying in a meaningful way is that he does want the relationship. So that's often confusing, right? Because in your head, it's sort of like, well, either we're going to move it forward or not. And the guy might be happy to say, well, I don't really want to lose you. So I'm, when you say it's not working, I'm going to try and say, no, let's try again. But actually, nothing has really substantively changed, right? And when I heard that bit where you said he's eight minutes away and 
he's not even seeing me or you know we're going to call at seven and i get a text at nine i mean none of this is in the realm of i'm putting in a lot of effort to try and secure a relationship with you and i'm not going to make him wrong for that right that's just maybe where he's at in his life or what he isn't isn't available for so we try to do our best to not take that personally because i don't think it is personal to you i just you know guy's about to ship out to another country or maybe he's vaguely open to long distance but then he's not showing up for calls so it's just maybe where he's at in his life so part of the trusting the path is also and it's so hard when we're in the middle of it but to try and get that little bit of objectivity just to notice is life supporting this connection like is life making it easier for us to deepen this connection and evidently it's not right for whatever reason even if that's 100% on his side or 20 you and 80 him ultimately it doesn't really matter it's like is this actually being promoted by life and the way that i hear it is that it's not and so my imagination is and i feel pretty clear about this that there's going to be something better here for you and the quickest way to move on from this is to see it with sobriety for what it is and to not take responsibility for what is not yours to be responsible for so i would give you the maximum permission to not feel bad to not have thank guilt. you <laughs> yeah totally i hear that you showed up and that someone couldn't really play with you so why are you the feeling bad you know, I don't think anyone necessarily needs to feel bad at all. But if there was someone that wanted to feel bad, I don't think it should be you. So I think this is almost inviting you to trust yourself more deeply that you know when a guy is showing up in a way that works for you. And when mm -hmm. it's not, it's okay for you to say, hey, I'm not making you wrong because that's judgment, right? Judgment is you're wrong. You should do this. You should do that. Discernment is this is what I'm about. And if you want to play on the pitch with me, there's a minimum that I need, right? Which might look like we see each other two or three times a week. Or when we say we're going to call, we actually have the call. And if we're not, we rearrange it just like you would with the doctor or something you're taking seriously. So, mm -hmm. yeah, all the power to you. I think this might just be a stepping stone for you to notice more quickly in the future. Oh, is the person available? And if they're not in a way that works for you, that you could say, good luck to you in your life, but this doesn't work for me. And I can actually move on from that pretty quickly. So mm -hmm. I think this is good practice for you, even if it's been a bit gnarly. Yeah, it was just because like the emotions were just like, I'm just I'm anxious attachment style. So I was, yeah, like, really trying yeah. so hard. Uh, bless you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, I just thought maybe I reacted out of that. But uh, maybe it was well, for the better. <laughs> maybe, but maybe you're going to need something that's offering you more in order that you feel less anxious. Right. So if yeah. we know that's your propensity, you're actually going to need a little more than less. Right. So that might be OK for you to own that. Like, yeah, I have a propensity sometimes to feel anxious. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to let that part of me run the relationship, but let's acknowledge it's there. And sometimes I might need a little bit more support. And I think someone that's going to step into that with you would have to know that and that you would have to feel that they could be available for that. Mm -hmm. You know, but, you don't think I could have stated it like maybe like made it more clear. I don't think that would have changed anything, really. You don't think? Just It's just annoying no, because of the way he was like, I want to be in a relationship. The, well, the, the bit I'm almost wanting to allow you to release is sort of the notion that if you had just had done something a little bit better or a little bit more clear or a little bit earlier, then it would be different. And I, I don't get any sense that that's true. That's almost, I think, the part of you that's being overly responsible. And we need to relax that. Like the person wasn't on the pitch with you. Now, if the person's on the pitch with you and you guys are really trying to work out, like, can we find some kind of secure attachment? 
that's a very different conversation. You know, maybe you can, maybe you can't. Maybe you get some support. Maybe it works out, right? Maybe it doesn't. But this person isn't on the pitch. So how are you going to find secure attachment if someone's on the pitch? If you're my doubles partner in tennis and I look around and you're not even on the pitch, yeah, I'm going to feel anxious because <laughs> we can't play the game, you know? So I have a lot of compassion for you in this situation. I just don't want you to internalize the wrong frame from it. Yeah, luckily I have a good support group and like my girlfriend and my coworker, like they're really supportive and they've kind of been through it too. And I listen to Helena a lot and you. Right on. Um, good. So it, that was very helpful, but I just didn't want to, you know, uh, react from my anxiousness. I think that's where I was beating myself up at because I've been really trying to control that. Um, yes. So I had it. So I, I, I want to say to you, so much better. even if it were true, that you were reacting from your anxiousness. Let's just say that were true. I still don't think it changes anything about what was actually happening there. So it, it, it's not the cause. Your anxiety wasn't the cause of him not showing up. He just already wasn't showing up and you got anxious about it, which is kind of understandable. Okay. Yeah, so I don't think it was causative. I think it was as a result of... And we're allowed to be anxious. You know, it's not our favorite experience. Yeah, we're all going to feel anxious at times, right? And if someone's going to be calling you or doesn't even find the time to meet you, yeah, of course I'm going to feel anxious because I'm trying to create a connection with you and you're not really there. So yeah, the answer is I'm anxious, but it's not my anxiety that's causing you not to be there. Okay. Well, thank you. I feel, yeah. I feel better. Good. That was so spot on. How brilliant is Jack, by the way? I see someone in the chat who says the answer to Danielle also resonated with me because I've also had similar experiences. I think we all have. I mean, I have so much to say about the guy that lives eight minutes away and he's just so busy and you've only seen each other a few times, even though it's been months. And I love what you said, Jack, that he wasn't showing up. Yes, you got anxious about it, but that doesn't change the fact that he wasn't showing up. But it just shouldn't be that hard, especially so early on. So I don't mm -hmm. hear anything that you did that you should be beating yourself up about. And I thought everything Jack said was completely spot on. So thank you so much for sharing. I know that's probably helped so many people out there because who can't relate to that, right? Cool. Thank you so much. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah, You're nice very welcome. You. Good luck. Yeah, I'm thank you so much for calling in. I'll okay, go ahead and click bye. you up now. Bye. That was a brilliant answer to that. I was just over here nodding like, yes, <laughs> my gosh, that is <laughs> so, so true. And you probably hear from people all the time who think, oh, well, if I had just been a little more open to this or if I had just done this differently, maybe things would have turned out different when really yes. the other person wasn't really fully showing up. I'm sure you just hear that from so many yeah. people out there. Yeah, I do. I do it a lot. And I can even relate you know, other domains of my life to experiences like this. And to put it in sort of fancy speak, it's, so there's a partial truth, right? The partial truth is I'm feeling anxious. But there are other truths going on there, right? Like the guy's not showing up. So it can be easy to get fixated on something because it's partially true, right? Like I'm feeling anxious. But part of being in high-level development is noticing that there are these multiple partial truths that kind of coexist in the mix. So it's easy to get sort of doubled down on one thing. And that then leads you to trust yourself less, right? So to sort of bring it into our main theme for this talk, a lot of this is actually about trusting yourself that you'll know when someone's showing up. You'll know. There still might, might work out, might not. There might be all sorts of other things that you've got to deal with or not. 
But I think it's when we get a little disconnected from ourselves because maybe we're feeling some anxiety that then we start to miss the sort of the bigger picture, right? And the bigger picture there is you'll know you don't have to backfill too much for when a guy's showing up and showing up with consistent interest. It's so true. The feeling and the story you're telling will be completely different. It won't be, well, he said he was going to call at seven and he texts me at nine. And by the way, he hasn't shown up very much for me and he lives down the street. The story you're telling will be completely different and you'll be able to feel that difference in your body. Even if you do have anxious attachment style, it'll feel different to you when the person's actually showing up consistently, right? Yeah, I think so. And just one little thing to throw in on the attachment styles in case it's helpful. Mm-hmm. So it might be true that any of us has a sort of propensity in a certain direction. But I was talking about this with some guy friends the other day. You might have had the experience of being in different relationships and noticing that the way it occurs to you is different. And sort of how you show up on that spectrum is different, right? So ideally, yeah, we want to find this secure attachment. But even in secure attachment, I imagine there's often a secondary style. So if things get a bit stressful, are you more likely to kind of move towards the anxious side or the more avoidant side? And if you've had that experience of being avoidant with one person and anxious with another, it kind of helps you realize that this is not just something you hold individually. It's also a quality of the dynamic. Hmm. So for any of us that are identifying, let's say in this moment as anxious attachment, just also hold it kind of lightly, like own it to the extent that it empowers you and that you can have compassion for your experience and you can articulate to someone else, hey, this might be a propensity of mine. This might come up. If you notice me doing this, it's probably because of this. That can all be really useful. But also just hold it lightly. It's not like a sort of 100% affliction that we label across your head, like anxious attachment for the rest of your life. It's sort of like, yeah, it's also a quality of the dynamic, right? You might find with someone that you suddenly feel very secure and grounded in a way that you never have. Or you might even find that in different domains, you have different experience. Meaning you could be a person who most of the time is a little bit more on the avoidance side, right? You're often asking for your space. But then in particular social situations, like at a party, you might find you're a little bit more anxious and you're like, where's your partner? And maybe you can't see them and you're starting to feel a bit more anxious. So it's not just like a one label. It's a spectrum. We have seasons. It's in different dynamics. We move up and down it depending on certain circumstances, the environment that we're in. So I'm just saying that to anyone that feels like their attachment style might be getting in the way, just almost offer you like there's a lot of nuance and it's okay. And in connecting with other people, you can also learn about yourself, learn about them, relax certain things, and find what works for you. And in each of these things, they're also gifts. The avoidant person has access to a gift of knowing how to step into their autonomy, um, claim their independence, have their own back. And the anxious person has the gift of knowing that we're better together, we're stronger together, you know, we're deeply social animals. It's just so true. I know I get questions all the time. Like, is it possible that this is more fluid? Like you can feel more anxious with one person and more secure with another, or maybe more avoidant with another. And I completely agree with you. It's not like this fixed label that you're just in to feel anxious with every relationship for the rest of your life. I received a comment on one of my YouTube videos the other day from someone who said, I used to think I had anxious attachment style, but I was just attracting the wrong person. I was basically Mm. giving people a chance more emotionally unavailable or Mm. avoided than you could say. And then I opened myself up to attracting or meeting someone completely different. And I feel completely secure. I hardly ever feel anxious. And I just amazing. Yeah, Yeah, it really is. 
I love everything you had to say on that. We could, again, do a whole episode just on that. I didn't know you had so much knowledge in that area. By the way, I forgot to mention this at the beginning. I know you have a free masterclass that you're offering. If you're listening to the replay of this, that will be the first link in the show notes or episode details. Is there anything you want to say on that? So it's a free masterclass, Three Keys to a More Authentic You. Uh, It's about discovering how to be more of who you really are um, whilst putting less pressure on yourself and experiencing less stress. So anyone who's interested in this, how do I be more of me? How do I be more authentic? There's lots of good content in this. I've had really good feedback on it. We're going to be looking at things like relaxing your inner critic. Also, one of my favorite bits of content is to do with understanding where your own ideas about yourself, right? your self-image can be getting in the way of a deeper you coming forward. And so sometimes in dating, we have a self-image, an idea about how we need to show up or what's going to be pleasing or attractive to the other person. And this is actually about you having the opportunity to relax some of that so that you're a little bit more free and centered in yourself, whether you're approaching dating or work situations, new friendships, this will be useful to any and all of those situations. So yeah, three keys to a more authentic you. I'd love for you to check it out completely free. I think you'll like the content. Amazing. 100% free. I always highly recommend checking out whatever Jack has going on. I know you've offered some amazing free masterclasses over the years. Michelle in the chat says, I have a secure attachment style, but I was entangled with an avoidant whose actions Mm. pushed me into the anxious realm. I didn't recognize it then, but I now know that if I feel anxious all the time, it's an indication that he's not the one. Wow. That is so brilliant and so spot on. Yeah. Talk about trusting yourself. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Where feelings are an indicator that this feels good, things are going well, or something's a little off here. Maybe I need to take a step back. So thank you so much for sharing that. I see another question from someone who says, this is a bit off topic, but I would love to hear your thoughts on this. I live on a small island and of course the dating pool is more restricted. There are definitely high quality men on the island, but I haven't met anyone online or organically. What do you think about going on dating? with people I meet on Bumble that are here on holiday. I've tried to avoid it as I don't want to date long distance and I want to date someone seriously to see if marriage would be an option. What Mm -hmm. a great, interesting Mm -hmm. question, Jack. I'm really curious if you have any thoughts on this one. So I think this question will be relevant to a lot of people. The specific instance is an island, but I've heard this recently with people who live in rural areas and you definitely do get different experiences of dating apps being in bigger, more populated areas, you know, versus sparsely populated areas. So I love that this kind of issue has been brought up here. So I think experiment and see what works, right? In me, there's a big experimenter and there's also a big pragmatist. I don't think you lose too much by trying and seeing. And if you're clear about what it is that you're looking for, Yeah. Do sometimes people connect in a holiday situation with someone that they then want a relationship with? Yeah, sure. I would also do it the other way, which is I would encourage you to take mini trips and vacations. And so you experience it from the other side, right? So if you live on an island, but you know, I don't know, let's just give a real example. Like you live on Bainbridge Island, but there's like Vancouver and Seattle that are not that far away. I would probably be setting my radius or using the passport mode to be dating in those territories, even if it means sometimes I have to travel further than I would like. So I think either of those things can be good strategies. You know, ultimately, particularly if you're approaching your dating from this non-attached perspective, right? I might be clear what I'm ultimately looking for, but I also want to enjoy my dating. So I'm going to use this as a chance to practice, practice my own authenticity, practice the balance of talking and listening, 
practice bringing different parts of me forward, then you know, I'm a fan of people getting out on more than fewer dates and actually trying to enjoy it and use it for their own development alongside that longer term aim of, yeah, I want to find someone that it can go the distance with. I think that's great advice. I love the experimenting mindset rather than, well, let's set up this really strict external structure and plan for you for the next six months and follow these steps. Yeah. It does actually relate to what we were talking about, right? Shift it your does. focus, get in touch with why you want to find a partner and potentially settle down with someone and then follow your impulses once you're coming from that place of where you're connecting to that feeling that you want to feel or that you think having a partner would provide for you. Once you make yourself feel that way, like we talked about in the first part of this episode, then follow your impulses. If it feels good to go on a trip yourself or expand the radius on your online dating app, try it, see what happens. I think that's great advice. Yeah. I will say this, both from my own experience and with working with clients, people can get very different responses in different dating markets, even in a way that it might not be completely obvious to understand why. Mm. So I do think it's good if you're having a hard time in a particular place and you do have the ability to travel somewhere or let's say occasionally you take work trips to a different place, I would encourage you to flick the app on and just see if it's a different sort of experience of what types of interest or the level of incoming interest that you get. Because I've heard lots of experiences where it's markedly different. So interesting. I'd be curious to hear how that goes for you. I'm here every other Friday at this time, five o'clock PM Eastern time. So feel free to come back everybody and let me know how it goes. So she wrote back in and she says, great advice. Thanks so much. Who knows what might happen? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Perfect place to come from. I think it's so great. I think that's the last question I see. This just flew by so quickly. We could yeah. do so many more episodes on this topic. Is there anything else you want to say on finding and trusting your path and ultimately transforming your life if that's what you want to do? Well, I'd invite you to recognize that you are unique and precious, that there is a complete uniqueness to your life and its path across geography and across history. And so even if sometimes it is tough being you uh, or you're in a season that's hard, just to not lose sight of that, that it's your flavor of hard and it's your flavor of problems. Because uh, there's situations I've been in trainings where you know, everyone sort of puts their problems into the middle and actually you wouldn't always want someone else's problems, right? That there's something okay about your problems. And it's okay to have longings that aren't yet met. It's okay to be frustrated. We can invite our frustrations into a deeper inquiry. Like, is there a frustration complex in me? Because again, it can be easy to see it as just this, the external circumstances, right? If I had better health, more money, more relationship, you know, then I would be fulfilled. And I really want to invite the curiosity about whether that is actually fully true. You might just now have a different set of issues, right? People who have money, more money is better than less money in some ways, yes. But there's also different issues that people have with more money or they get fixated or attached to it or then they lose it. Or, you know, there's all sorts of things. You sort of see what I'm saying? Just to hold it a little bit more lightly and to own where you are right now in your life, make it a little bit more okay, even if you want more. Trust that there is an intelligence to where your life is and where it might be unfolding. And to kind of relax on yourself a little bit. Like maybe it's a little more okay than we want to make it. And maybe it's okay to have your particular struggles and maybe some of them will continue and some of them someday they'll, they'll relax and ease. Do you know what I mean? Just a, a sense that 
it doesn't all have to come together right now and no one has it all figured out we're all just kind of trying our best um but no one gets to have your unique experience so let's have you connected to that even when it's tough such great advice. I know we talked about this a little bit in our last episode, which I highly recommend checking out. I believe it's called Do This If You're Feeling Frustrated or Discouraged in Your Love Life. And you brought up a great point in that episode that a lot of people think, well, how come my friend or this person over here yes. met someone in college and they didn't have to love themselves or heal their wounds yes. or do a bunch yes. of personal <laughs> development work. Why was it so easy for them and they didn't have the same struggles or same need to focus so much on self-love or personal development? Yes. Is there anything you want to say quickly about that? Because I know everybody can relate to that, right? Yeah. You know, part of embracing your authenticity is that your curriculum is unique, right? So your curriculum may be to do with surrendering in the area of your life that's called relationships. Someone else might not be here to learn anything particularly profound from their relationships. And not to say that the relationship isn't profound, but it might not be their main place of learning. You know, I heard you earlier say you had some challenges walking. Some mm -hmm. people are never going to have that. You've had that and come through that. So it's embracing that you're going to be okay with the challenges that you have and that it might also be that you're on a different part or different stage of the computer game than your friends, right? Sometimes we can get right to the end, you know, and there's like that, that big boss character. So we sort of slayed all the dragons, but then we have to go to the next level. And it's like we started afresh. So you might have been in one way of doing you, and now there's going to be a new way of doing you. And it's just different than what your friends are into. So, you know, negative self-comparison is definitely a path for unhappiness. What about we embrace the fact that everyone is a mix of challenges and opportunities and issues and gifts. And so we're all doing it somewhere. Even the person you look at that seems to have the amazing, I don't know, relationship, family setup, whatever it is. I'm sure there's so many things about that, that on the inside of that experience, it doesn't look quite as great as it does on Facebook. And it might just be that it's teaching them something completely different or nothing at all. You know, so part of this, I think, is just really coming back to yourself and your own path. You know, not every life is meant to be fulfilled all the time. I think happiness is overrated. I think greatness can come in many forms. And some of the most great things about human endeavors are things that no one will ever know. That you struggled in the dark night of your life and it wasn't even witnessed by anyone else. And um, so it's not all about how it looks on the outside. Sometimes it's just about having the patience to be you and the tenacity to stay at it. And it'll be all right. That was such a beautiful note to close out on. And someone in the chat also said, my dad used to say, this too shall pass. Yes. I try to remind myself of these wise words when I'm in a down period. Yeah, it's so easy to think that this is just how it's going to be forever. I get yes. stuck in that all the time when you're a little depressed or you're not yes. feeling well or something. Yes. So yes. I think that's really, really great. Okay. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to say about your free master class one more time before we close out? I highly recommend checking it out. That's in the episode details right now. If you're listening live, if you're listening to the replay, that'll be the first link in the show notes. You might have to scroll down or click see more if you're listening on Spotify, but I highly recommend checking it out. Yeah. Come. I'd love to have mm -hmm. you there. If you notice that there's a place in your life that you want to be more free to be yourself, whether that's in intimate relationship, friendships, co-workers, an issue with your mom, your sister. There's a different way of being in that 
that might allow you to be more of yourself. Nearly all the times that we have issues on other people, there's something in there with, of us that we can actually bring it back to that if we relax it, we get to have an easier time. It doesn't mean other people are going to change and they might objectively be crazy, whatever. But actually, the more you can, the more you get to be you, the more other people get to be them. So if you're interested in that conversation of being yourself more, uh, this will be a powerful experience for you. Amazing. I think I'm going to check it out myself. <laughs> Maura says, thank you, Helena and Jack just signed up for Jack's masterclass. Amazing. Yes. And what I love about your work, Jack, is correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know if I'm going to convey this correctly, but it's not about yeah. being like, quote unquote, your best self, like who wakes up at 6am and no. runs five miles <laughs> and drinks green juice. Like I, <laughs> it's about being your most authentic self, yeah. right? Is there anything you want to say about that distinction? Well, I hold that as a little bit of a graduation. Meaning, I think there's a certain stage of development where we want to be the best version of ourselves. And then I think there's also a stage of development where we actually want to be our most real selves. Mm -hmm. And if it's authentic for you to get up at six and go for a run and have a green drink and you feel good and fulfilled, have at it. But it's actually saying you're not here to impress other people and yourself. You're not here to live up to an ideal standard of yourself. You're actually here to be with yourself, accept yourself, love on yourself, express yourself. And that looks a bit different. You know, we're not machines. We have moods, we have energy, we have better days, we have different inspirations, different desires. So it's relaxing on yourself so that you can be yourself, right? Rather than beating yourself up to be a particular version of yourself. That's the shift. And most people find once they get a taste of that, they prefer it. It's a nicer way to be yourself, to be in the world. Absolutely. And as an added bonus, that's what makes you incredibly magnetic to the right person, hands down. Michelle says that mindset really takes the pressure off. Thank you. So you're very welcome, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us live. I will be back in two weeks, same time, two o'clock Pacific, five o'clock Eastern. If you'd like to join me for my live broadcast, I'll include a link to download the Bullhorn podcast app. It's 100% free, so much fun, so user-friendly. You can type your questions into the chat when we're live. You can call in, talk to me personally like someone did today. I just love connecting with my audience, my podcast. Like you mentioned, Jack, this is actually my favorite thing that I do yeah. right now. I right really, on. really loving it. So thank you so much for being here, everyone. And Jack, thank you. I really hope we can do this again soon because I yeah, thought this was phenomenal. I love everything Great. you shared. We'll do it again. Yeah, thanks for having me and thanks for being here, everyone. Absolutely. Thanks for listening, everybody. And make sure you're following my podcast on either Spotify or Apple or right here on Bullhorn. And if you've enjoyed some of my episodes, feel free to leave me a rating on Spotify. That's at the top of my podcast homepage. On Apple, I believe that's at the bottom. You can leave me a rating and write me a review. That would help out my podcast a lot and help it get shared around to more people. I just love spreading this message of becoming your most authentic self, which naturally makes you magnetic to anything you want in all areas of your life. So thanks again, everyone. And Jack, thank you. I hope we can do another episode soon. Yeah, pumped for it. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Have a great weekend. If you're tired of struggling in your love life and you want a proven system to get into and maintain a relationship where you're consistently loved, valued, and cherished, go to forever1234.com. Again, that's forever1234.com.